Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peace builders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to communities, eavesdrop on their communities and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amin Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace. You can be an advocate of youth peace and security in your own ways, um, regardless of what advocacy that you have, if it's in health, good governance, or even if it's you're, you're just a student. Hello! Salam, everyone! Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, joining you from Manila. And here's my co-host. Hi, everybody. Welcome to She Talks Peace. This is Ayesa Abubakar, and I'm here in University Malaysia Sabah in Kota Kinabalu. Hi, Amina. Hey, Ayesa. How are things? How's anything new happening in Sabah? But what is busy here in the whole of Malaysia is Chinese New Year. Oh, that's right. Yes, Chinese New Year is a big uh, a holiday here in Malaysia. As you know, we have a significant number of uh, Chinese and we do celebrate You know, a lot of all these uh, uh Uh, festivals, you know, not only with the Malay Muslims, but also with the Chinese and the Indians. So Chinese New Year will start this Sunday, January 22. And so we are on holiday until uh, Tuesday. So Monday, Tuesday is a public holiday. And then uh, hopefully things go back to work again on Wednesday. But mostly uh, the Chinese community and also some people take this chance to take a one week off. So this is really nice. going to be a long break you know, for many people. It's too bad you're not in uh, Cotabato anymore or anywhere nearby because they are going to have a music festival in Cotabato City. One music piece festival. Uh, and um, there's going to be, would you believe, K-pop singers, Korean pop singers mm-hmm. performing. One of them, I think, is Jin. From BTS, you know BTS, right? The group that performed at the UN General a Assembly. A little bit, but yeah, a little bit, but I'm not too familiar with who are they, you know, in BTS. Yeah, but of course, oh, you're popular. going to re- you're going to remember one of their hit songs, uh, "Butter." Goes something like, 
smooth like butter, criminal undercover. I don't know why those two. Well, I haven't heard butter, <laughs> butter and criminal undercover, but certainly I haven't heard of like that. Okay. You want to dance. But what is the reason why uh, they're doing this music festival? It's for the Bangsamoro Foundation Day, right? I is think this so. This is just one good example of how a government is really trying to popularize uh, the role of youth in peace building and, of course, um, security. And um, uh, on She Talks Peace, we've mentioned several times how the Philippines has been a pioneer in ASEAN, not just on women, peace, and security, but um, on youth, peace, and security, that we are actually the first in ASEAN and I think in Asia to have a national action plan on youth, peace, and security. Yeah, that's right. And this all started because uh, then Philippine President Duterte made this commitment, right? Last year. Yeah. I think it was last year when the UP Security Agenda National Action Plan in the Philippines was launched. When, when was that? In August? Is that in August of 2022? I think so. So whatever we were still they in a lockdown. Saying, that time yeah. we were still in a lockdown. So in Manila, you were already doing a lot of activities. <laughs> On, online. There were a lot Online. of virtual conferences, but our friends okay. from OPAP had to actually physically go to Mindanao okay. for some of these uh, conversations. And kind of exciting, especially since at the ASEAN-UN summit last year, President Marcos said that he's committed to the youth peace and security agenda. So okay. let's keep our fingers crossed. You remember when they passed, uh, the UN Security Council passed Resolution 2250. This was in 2015. And finally, all of these uh, leaders recognized the positive contribution of youth efforts for the maintenance and promotion of peace and security. So um, it's, um, it, you know, I was just uh, checking the website and uh, NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, actually had a summit last year on youth peace and security, okay. Ayesa. I don't think at the time the conflict had actually started, but, you know, the, um, the drums of war uh, were beating. So it was a perfectly good time. And the their website uh, acknowledges that today's generation of youth is the largest the world has ever known. And young women and men are often forming the majority of the population in countries affected by violence and armed conflicts. Their input in security is therefore essential. So NATO uh, itself is now uh, fully uh, supporting the development of youth peace and security agenda, yes. Huh? So since... You know, the Philippines has already this national action plan for WP, uh, YPS, rather. It would be good for us actually to discuss it, you know, in this show. And it's very timely that we have somebody here who can, you know, help us discuss this uh, NAP YPS. Somebody who is uh, young and still a student, but then who is also very much, you know, into the 
picture or you know very much involved in in peace and security agenda. Why don't you introduce our guest, Ayesa, since you're a professor? Let us now uh, welcome uh, our special guest for today. Her name is Carmela Francesca Adelantar. I hope I got that right. Francesca. <laughs> and she is a policy researcher and a senior pursuing her political science degree at the University of the Philippines in Visayas. So she's an UP alumni. And Carmela here. Uh, she's still a student at the University of the Philippines, but she has already co-organized this Activate Gov project. And apparently, this project is able to train the elected youth council members, or known as the Sangguniang Kabataan in the Philippines. And then uh, this training is about good governance. And she was also able to co-organize a lobby group for their youth development agenda. So with all her passion and commitment and advocacy on uh, the youth and its role, uh, together with you know, uh, the Office of the Presidential Advisor on Peace, Reconciliation, and Unity. I guess this is the older, uh, this is the newer version of OPAP, right? So this is the new name now of OPAP. So through yeah. this office, she has been selected together with other 25 young Filipinos nationwide in writing or drafting this National Action Plan on Youth, Peace, and Security. So what we have here is an expert you know, on WPS agenda and drafting the plan itself. So let us all welcome Carmela Francesca Adelantar. Welcome, Carmela. Um, hello. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to have this fruitful conversation about not YPS. So are we, uh, Carmela? You're still going to university. It's your senior year. So how do you manage to balance your time between studies and your your passion, your your advocacy? Okay, I get that question a lot, especially to fellow young people as well who are into the advocacy. Um, like asking, Atikams, how do you manage your time? But what's helpful for me is I have planner i have a physical planner with me to outline what i need to do with a day um i have a particular hour that i need to attend class that i need to attend uh, to finish my essays in class i need to um study for quizzes then i have a time for um an advocacy and it, it, it's it's uh, my wednesdays and saturdays is always dedicated for that um i attend meetings and if i know i have the capacity and free time i do um attend engagements in not on Wednesdays and Saturdays, but other time, uh, another days of the week. It's really about knowing your priority. Um, once that you have, um, you are able to map out your priorities, studies, um, and your advocacy. You can be, you will be able to balance it. So yeah, that's what I do. I, I really, I'm really clear about my priorities uh, and what, what's my goal for that month. What's, what, what I want to achieve. So that's really helpful for me in balancing my, my time and my time and. Uh, Priorities. That's why I was able to do all of this. You sound so organized. You sound like Ayesa, right? Ayesa. No, she reminds me of Marie Kondo somehow. <laughs> <laughs> An expert in organizing. <laughs> but Carmela, how were you discovered by the government by this OPAP rule? You know, and how were you selected together with the other? younger uh, Filipinos to be part of the drafting of this UP security agenda? 
Did you have to apply for it? Uh, no, I was not. I did, there's no application for who will be part of the core writers of the NAPYPS. Uh, what OPAPRO did was similar to um, other young people. They have consultations regional. So they have consultations from um, Region 1 down up to BARM um, in terms of writing the NAPYPS. And there they um, basically um, chose um, individuals that who are really well-versed in terms of the issue have the skill in writing, have the skill in, de in, in debate, negotiation, and in writing, in drafting the NAPYPS, because it is not just only historical, but as well as this will guide future policies that the government is going to do. So I was chosen because it's 25. There's supposedly 24 because of the regions, because uh, I represent the part of the civil society because I'm part of the organization, National Society of Parliamentarians Incorporated. Um, during the consultations, we are the ones who really re represented the civil society in terms of the drafting, in, in the planning of drafting, um, because we want to incorporate civil society um, component in, in, in the NAP, in the National Action Plan, because we saw that during the, the pandemic, um, there are a lot of young people who started organizations. It's, uh, it's really, I have a lot of peers that I was already shocked that they're members of organizations that were already partners. So. Um, yeah, that's that's how I was selected because I am the head of the youth development arm of the organization. So I was the one who got chosen to participate and be part of the core writers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Carmela, you come from a province that's very peaceful, uh, progressive, uh, well off, right? So why should the role of youth in peace and security be important for you. How did you get into this advocacy that youth has a vital role in peace and security? Yeah, okay, that's really a great question. Sometimes it's quite confusing to others of why why I got here because Iluila is really relatively peaceful where where I come from. And during the pandemic, I stayed in Manila. It's quite peaceful in terms of in the idea of conflict, but not in the areas of crimes. But I was given a chance to engage with young people all over the country. I travel from different parts of the country, even despite of the pandemic, because we're trying to reach out with them. I was able to have conversations with young people. I had conversations with young people in Mindanao, young people in the Bangsamoro, young people are really affected of the conflict between the government and the communist communist groups. Um, that's That's something that, I get to have a context of what the young people are trying, uh, uh, are, are experiencing, what they're trying to um, amplify. So I immerse myself with their experience. It's, I guess, really the practice of, of um, empathy 
to my fellow youth who really experienced conflict at that point and giving uh, having a kind of privilege and an opportunity to represent them is really a big responsibility because as someone who was not able to to experience conflict it's it, it is my task to basically amplify and humanize what they have experienced so given that that young people are see, are seem to be portrayed as energetic as hopeful being so uh, uh, um, more like a dreamer but uh, they're the ones who are really affected in terms of conflict so uh, with my travels I was able to have a conversation with these young people and having that kind of conversation lead me to to this advocacy you know you know what I yes I can't help but think that even in peaceful communities like Iloilo, the ugly head of um, of violence uh, and conflict isn't far behind. Because I remember when Iloilo had a lot of, uh, of conflict, a lot of violence um, uh, with uh, the Communist Party because of the situation of the sugar and the sugar planters. So for young people in Iloilo, the, the possibility, for instance, of um, violence over income, over ideology, uh, do you see this? Do you see this happening at all? Especially since you have been working with uh, elected youth leaders who are members of the elective uh, Sangguniang Kabataan or youth council. Um, yeah, um, it's really um, the issue of violence and conflict is really inter- inter- interrelational with each other, they connect- interconnected with each other, um, as it affects young people coming from um, r- particularly in rural communities. The goods are being delivered to the city center. Um, it really affects the young people. And not only that, we comprise the majority of the total population of the country. That's totally alarming for us in terms of how do we secure our future if there is if it's mired with conflict. How can we ensure that the government are focused of our well-being while well, in fact it is being um, disrupted by by conflict? So it's really um, young people who's pushing for um, being in the front line of pushing the government to do its its uh, its uh, responsibilities of addressing its root causes. So from negotiation and op- and providing opportunities. So that, that, that is why it's really important that young people do participate in peace building because of, the, of that uh, factors. One, we've comprised majority of the population. Second, there is a law that allows young people to participate in political activities. Third is that it is our constitutional right to basically be part of this change process of making our nation, nation better. Carmela, I wanted to find out more about how different are the views of uh, the male and female uh, members you know, of, of this, uh, the 25 uh, members of this group that were discussing and writing this WPS agenda. I mean, especially you, you know, a, a female. How different were your uh, positions and the way that you look at things in discussing very difficult issues? Yeah, um, that's a really interesting one because it really brought me back during the time that we are, all of us 25 are discussing of the, the first draft of, of the NAPYPS. Um, even us in, in the core was 
as core writers, we also have different views, especially with men. Uh, there is an instance of, because I was, I was leading the pillar number two, which is protection in, in writing. So I underlined there basically the protection of women in terms of those who, who are um, uh, prone or like uh, vulnerable to uh, impacts of such as um, um, emotional and psychological trauma, um, the possibility of, of uh, impacts of um, trigger warning, sexual assault or sexual harassment. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, and and uh, there was someone from the core who cited that. How about men? Men do also uh, suffer this emotional and psychological um, challenges, and men can also be vulnerable to sexual harassment. So, um, well, eventually we had a little debate. Of uh, I presented data that it's women in terms of peace and security. It's always women and children that we put always forward. Um, in prioritizing it, and um, uh, eventually, um, there is really a clear power dynamics of making it because we young people wanted to put everything like lagay lahat. Um, it's really um, uh, making it ideal that this is this is um, the best practice that we did. But eventually, um, we it's always um, the power of negotiation and conversation of aligning of. Of, of, of our priorities of how do we really want to do it how do we really want to frame it so that is why we came into a compromise of that not necessarily i can say it compromise but rather it's a collaboration of how we can make it inclusive so we prior what uh, what we did is we changed terms we make it um not just only inclusive but we want it to be gender neutral not just only with women and men but also the members of the lgbt community yeah, I'm so happy to hear about this idea of gender neutrality, you know, or what, uh, sometimes we call it gender fair. But uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, um, there were really very uh, heated debates on the outlook of both men and women, you know, on how to, to plan for a youth peace security agenda. Can you just identify, like, what specific theme or issues does it, you know, show you a big difference? And for a young person like you, you know, uh, were you surprised by these kinds of difference of outlook? Maybe you can tell us maybe just one example yeah. of that uh, discussion. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, uh, I, that reminds me again of the great conversations that we have because um, we spent four days in Mindanao together with um, the 25 core writers and it's, it was really no rest, non-stop writing for us because even when we eat, we discuss the parts of what we're, what we're going to do. And one of the issues that I thought it will not um, surface, but rather it, it is something that, I, um, because of course, the part of growing up in Iliilo, living in Manila, is the issue of how basically conflict can control women of, in terms of what they can do. Um, I had I had a conversation. Uh, we have this core writer. She came from Sulu, Hulu Sulu, and we had a conversation because I was trying to consult everybody in terms of the pillar that I'm writing. She had we had a conversation in terms of how they dress in school, and during conflict, during the occupation of conflict in Hulu, uh, I mean in Sulu, um, they are just only allowed to wear niqab. So niqab is um, more of longer address than it's only the eyes that we can see 
basically because that uh, the time that uh, Hulu was um was in, under conflict, it, it is still the normal curriculum under the uh, under the national government is that they have to do this subject, particularly in PE. They're wearing niqab. They're not allowed to wear an uh, uh, PE uniform. So they have to wear niqab during the activities that they have to do. And really women uh, do have the struggle of passing this particular subject because they cannot do these physical activities um, that is that that are required for them to do. Carmela, these physical activities are sports activities? Yeah, sports activities. Like what sport? Um, like, for example... Um, if the teacher requires them to do to do running or or explore them with sports like basketball or, or uh, um, athletics, etc. So it's really like the normal ones that we have in the in public schools. realize na wow, it was a great issue for them. But for me, as someone who is who came from a city, it's not because I I can comfortably wear my jogging pants. I can comfortably wear my t-shirt. And them under the control of because of conflict, they cannot do that because they are wearing where they are wearing this particular um 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 uh, their clothes. So, and then there I said, Carmela, Car- Carmela, that's that's quite uh, interesting and uh, new to me. Yeah, um, I come from Sulu, and I know that um, if you're in public school, you have to wear the uniform so you cannot wear anything else except the school uniform so if that was happening at a certain point where there was conflict uh, this is something that um, should be investigated because uh, yeah. that is not that is not allowed i mean there is separation of uh, of church and state in the, in the country and when when government um, uh, mandated uh, uniforms for children who go to public school, it was for the express purpose of making everybody equal. So yeah. you, you all wear the same thing, you get taught um, the same thing. But um, let me go back to the, the National Action Plan for Youth Peace and Security. What were the, the top three uh, areas of concern, uh, top three priority areas of uh, of youth that you wrote into the national action plan. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, that's uh, that's a great question. Um, um, but to to finish the conversation in in Sulu, um, what I, I I think um it was um really for them to see women equally that women can basically should have a freedom to move. Etc. Um, in, in, in their schools. So, um, in the areas of issues that um, the NAPYPS are able to tackle with is first in terms of participate uh, of, of participation. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. So there, uh, there is like um, uh, an additional area of the NAPYPS that would highlight youth participation um, in peace-building initiatives of the government. 
So this, the NAPYPS encourages the government to involve young people, not only in consultations, but eventually involve young people inter as partners. Basically, contributes to the projects, programs, initiatives that the government is trying to do. So here we see young people sits in the count local councils of 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 uh, local peace councils, etc. And um, secondly, um, is that oh, um, protection? Before you go into the the second priority, the Philippines is the only country in the world that has elected youth. Uh, age what 15 to 21 um, to be part of the uh, village council the village youth council and they are represented at the adults uh, municipal city and provincial councils yeah plus they get salaries and they get a share of the revenue so that means this youth councils have money. So how can young people still clamor for participation in decision-making when they are part of the decision-making process? They're the only, we're the only ones in the world that has granted youth that authority. The first one is, yes, we have platform, we have this opportunity. But what happens really inside this platform is something that we were not able to see. How young people are being treated during, uh, during negotiations, during conversations. Is really the youth being meaningfully participate in, in, in this negotiation? Does their, does their um, suggestions are being, are, are being considered? Is young people felt that they are not being shut down? Sometimes they're sinasabihan uh, na, um, uh, uh, they're they're being told that you're young and I am you you're young and you have you don't still have enough learning or um, an understanding of this particular issue and also sangguni ang kabataan there are already studies and cases that sangguni ang kabataan is being run by political dynasties same name same people are seated in the sangguni ang kabataan from the barangay level up to the provincial level who is seated. As the Sangguni um, Kabata, as the ex official of 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 the of the city council or the Sangguni Ang Panglungsod, Panlalawigan. So that's um, that's 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 a particular issue as well. Second, uh, aside from political dynasty, is that how of how active we are most of the Sangguni Ang Kabataan in our country. So there are already cases and case studies showing that there are sangguniang kabataan who got just elected because no one wants to run, because no one wants to sit. And they were just placed there as a placeholder of that particular position, wherein they don't have a deep understanding of what really the role and responsibility of sangguniang kabataan. That is why we're pushing for a meaningful participation of young people and giving them a chance to run in the sangguniang kabataan. Carmela Ayesa sounds to me like uh, the problem really is getting young leaders, oh no, getting the youth constituent to demand accountability of their youth leaders. But go to what's the number two priority for the National Action Plan? Yes, the number two priority is um, the prevention. Prevention part is basically highlighting on how to prevent conflict in a particular community which 
can be vulnerable to conflict. For instance, um, communities that may lie um, um, in a protective area um, within the Bangsamoro, uh, within near the West Philippine Sea, etc. So we have highlighted that issue because we want to already end conflict. So that's the case of prevention. That's the heavy responsibility is that we mitigate, we reduce it, and not to multiply it. Next, it would be is the protection. So protection and um, disengagement. Um, here is that we provide opportunities. We provide privileges to young people who are um, vulnerable to conflict and who are victims of conflict. Here we provide basically opportunities of shelter, education, um, economic opportunities for them to restart. One of the best practices that we have highlighted is in Basilan. In, in, in the locality of Basilan, as part of their initiative of protection and integration, they provide um, disintegration, provide economic opportunities for um, the returnees from Moro groups is that they give them a startup of uh, coffee startup uh, business in, in Basilan. It was really a great initiative that we have highlighted. This WPS, uh, or rather YPS, National Action Plan was uh, launched last year. And now we have a new president, President uh, Ferdinand Marcos Jr. So uh, are there any uh, commitments, new commitments from the new president? And what will be your expectations from this new uh, government? It basically uh, also channels to us young people that Bongo Mar uh, President Bongo Marcos is going to uh, to be committed in um, supporting initiatives, youth-led initiatives, and uh, on peace building. So, expectations is not just only support, but particularly solidify youth participation in uh, not just only in national level, but also in the local level in terms of um, local councils that is related to peace and security. Not just only that the government and civil society are involved, but more and most importantly, youth organizations or the Sangguni Ang Kabataan. We want to see actions from him, not just only words, but uh, actions, um, policies, and um, projects and programs that he has installed for youth peace and security. Thanks for that, Carmela. But before we go, Carmela, uh, maybe you have a message to our listeners. We have Interestingly enough, while we have 10% of our listeners who are senior citizens like me, a substantial <laughs> percentage are actually under 24. So what is your message for our listeners, Carmela? Uh, I know a lot of Gen Zs and millennials also listening to podcasts is that you can be an advocate of youth peace and security in your own ways, um, regardless of what advocacy that you have. If it's in health, good governance, or even if it's you're, you're just a student. You can be an advocate of youth peace and security um, by helping us amplifying for um, reforms in peace education in, uh, in, in education to include peace education in the curriculum. Um, be part of us in amplifying and calls for the local and national government to support youth initiatives uh, in the community level um, in terms of peace building. And for our uh, uh, the listeners who are uh, also young at heart, uh, like us, is that you uh, You are our inspiration of why we're doing this. A lot of women has, and also young at heart who are also pushing for, for youth, uh, for peace and security. And um, you being as our inspiration has helped, helped us uh, 
get go, get into this and in, uh, in this milestone, which is to have the first not white yes in the Asia and third in the world to 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 be ratified and be supported by the current administration and not just being an inspiration, but with your help, for instance, uh, with your help giving us platform support um, that is totally really helpful for us to be success, uh, a success. And yeah, thank you very much and continue to support this podcast. Thank, Thank you so you, much, Carmela, for your hard work. <laughs> Dear listeners, you have heard Carmela Francesca Adelantar, who is still a university student, hoping to become a lawyer someday soon. And uh, on, on, you know, I can only second uh, her position. And I do hope, dear listeners, that young or young at heart, we can all help uh, provide a platform for young people to voice their opinions and to be part of the community decision-making so that we can all live in peaceful and secure villages. So thank you, dear listeners, for listening to us. This is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying bye for now. And hope to see you again next week when we have another exciting guest on She Talks Peace. Ayesa? Hey, again, from Kota Kinabalusaba, this is Ayesa. And we'd like again to extend our uh, congratulations for the brave Carmela to be doing the kind of work that she is uh, doing now, you know, uh, helping uh, do this uh, youth peace security agenda for the Philippines, a very historical uh, document. And we hope to see more great achievements from you, Carmela. So, and I hope to meet you next time. Bye. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. We comprise the majority of the total population of the country. That's totally alarming for us in terms of how do we secure our future if there is, if it's mired with conflict? How can we ensure that the government are focused of our well-being while in fact it is being, um, being um, um, disrupted by, by conflict? It's always um, the power of negotiation and conversation, of aligning, of of, of, of our priorities, of how do we really want to do it? How do we really want to frame it? So that is why we came into a compromise of that. Not necessarily, I can say it compromise, but rather it's a collaboration of how we can make it inclusive. So we prior, what, uh, what we did is we changed terms. We make it 
um, not just uh, only inclusive, but we want it to be gender neutral, not just only with women and men, but also the members of the LGBT community. You can be an advocate of youth peace and security in your own ways, um, regardless of what advocacy that you have, if it's in health, good governance, or even if it's you're, you're just a student. 